bike historian is just something I love, just like uh, all the other aspects of segment. Well, um, do you mind if I ask you to, uh, you know, ask you a few questions? No, that'd be great. Sure, happy to happy to help, happy to talk. And I can record it. Sure. Yeah. So, how'd you get into bike historianship? Oh, I've been into cycling since I was a, a little kid, and um, I was especially interested when I saw my first high wheel bicycle, um, which struck me as the most amazing bicycle I'd ever seen before. You know, you sit on that thing and you're sitting ten feet in the air. You look like a giant, and the bicycle's bigger than anything I'd seen before. So I, I wanted to get one, and I tried very hard to get one for about ten years uh, before I finally found one. And um, once I got the bike, it was a disaster. Uh, it was an original bike, but it was missing so many parts, and I had to now track down the parts and find the right parts. The bike was made in 1886, so that led to meeting a lot of cyclist and tracking down parts and learning about what like back then and what it was like to ride and turned into a big adventure and uh, uh, that actually culminated in a, in a big historic bicycle event in Scotland where I actually shipped the big bike over there and rode it a hundred miles with a bunch of other people like me who like old bikes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how you got started? I guess we get you get used to it. You get the hang of it. It takes a little practice. Um, somebody has to show you if you if you were to just walk up to one and try to hop on it like you hop on a regular bicycle, it, it won't work. You'll fall over on your side and get hurt. <laughs> um, so but I could show you anybody anybody who rides a bike and, and wants to do it um, can do it pretty quick. And anybody who has a high wheel bike is usually very happy to, to let somebody sit on it or give them a is there any advantage to having one wheel so much bigger than the other? Why did they have that wheel that size? Well, you know, if you think about it, people were getting around on the back of horses back then, so they were kind of used to um, riding high and, and climbing up on things to ride. Um, but the real reason that the wheel got so big was because the first bicycle came out had double size, had wheels that were almost the same size. And what they found was they couldn't get up enough speed because they didn't have it they didn't have any gearing yet um and so it occurred to them well boy if we make the driving wheel bigger we can go faster um basically we can go as fast as we can pedal so the wheel got bigger and bigger and bigger the front wheel and the rear wheel got smaller and smaller and smaller because they understood that the bike needed to be as light as possible to be efficient um and that's how it sort of morphed into this kind of elegant, crazy, gigantic bicycle. 
Um, I heard. I want to check out this if it's a uh, how how much how much truth there is in this that roads were originally paved not for cars but for bicycles. Is that true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. There was a huge bicycle club. It actually started back east in New England um, called the uh, League of American Bicyclists. At one time, there were hundreds of thousands of members all across America. And one of their biggest difficulties was they were riding on dirt roads that when it would rain or when the horses would come by with the carts, it would leave deep ruts, and it just made it miserable to ride a bike. In fact, most high-wheel bikes of that era had features on them that brushed the tire off so that the mud didn't come up and get all over your clothes. Because when you sit on a wheel that big, the wheel is very close to your legs when you turn, and it makes a mess of things. So they put together these, this big giant bicycle club went to Congress and they started something called the Good Roads Movement. And the Good Roads Movement in America was the first step to getting the roads of America paved. And of course, we know the rest of the story. Once the roads got paved, well, now the cars could take over, <laughs> unfortunately. But, but you're right. Bicyclists were the first ones to have the roads paved and one of the arguments I use when somebody says, hey, get out of the road. I say, hey, we were here before you were. Yeah. <laughs> we made the roads. So, 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 yeah, it's absolutely true. The Good Roads Movement, League of American Bicyclists. I'll, I'll check that out on, on the Internet, um, League of American Bicyclists. So um, I have another thing that I looked up online that said that um, almost every invention having to do with bikes was invented a long time ago, like in the 1800s. Yep, that's absolutely true. Um, one of the most interesting uh, examples of that, at the turn of the century, around 1900, um, you know, we have our patent office in Washington, D.C., where they house all the patents. And um, at the turn of the century, there were two buildings, and one building contained every single patent related to any possible gadget you can think of. The other building dedicated only to bicycle patents. <laughs> so, I mean, almost anything you can think of uh, was invented before. Suspension, uh, pneumatic tires, uh, multi-speed drivetrains. Um, they, they, they were working like crazy anatomic saddles. I mean, I have an 1896 ladies' bicycle. You know, so this was made well, well over 100 years ago. It's got an anatomic saddle with a cutaway, it has um, a composite material. It's wood, but that was one of the earliest composites. It has wood wheels. It has wood fenders. Um, it's only a one-speed bicycle, but it has a 32-spoke front wheel and a 36-spoke rear wheel, so they were actually already thinking about things like reducing spoke counts to make it lighter and, and, and more aerodynamic. Um, it has tubeless tires on it, which is uh, a, a modern trend. Mm -hmm. This is back in 1896, so mm -hmm. it's a pretty remarkable thing. But, you know, the bicycle came along, and it, it just made so many people excited, got so many people energized and, 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 and just, just passionate, and they just went crazy trying to improve it and make it better and better and better. There was so much energy. Uh, ultimately, it led directly to the to the car industry um, because there was so much energy that once they run out of once the bicycles sort of ran out of steam, the sales dropped off.
off, all these engineers and inventors that cut their teeth on bicycles uh, got got right into the car and motorcycle industries. So they they just stole our our roads. They stole our energy for inventing, and now they're pushing us off the <laughs> yeah, road. Well, I think part of it was due to necessity, as the bicycles uh, sales tapered off at the turn of the century. Um, you know, we had a we had a world war in there, and I mean, as things petered off a little bit, um, the, the the people had to work, so they went after the industries that were thriving. Um, there are some pretty um, interesting stories of uh, the people that had been in the bike industries that just that went very uh, became even more famous in the car industry, like um, Alf, I think his name was Albert Champion who then went on to make AC spark plugs and then later champion spark plugs. And he was a very famous bicycle racer at the turn of the century who directly went into the automobile industry and had great success. There are a bunch of people. Um, Mercedes-Benz came from Daimler, and they were a bicycle manufacturer. You know, There's a lot of, there's a lot of examples of that. Okay, um, so wh- um, what else can you tell us about... Uh the the um, the bike bike history affecting today and and how we ride today is there um, is there is there anything that's coming back like are we going to end up riding any of those giant front tire bikes anytime soon well it's funny that, that you ask about that I mean there's I went to a uh, high wheel event in Berkeley earlier this year and I was surprised how many people were there riding the high wheel bikes that were reproduction high wheel bikes. And they weren't there for the history of it. They were there because they liked the ride. Um, and the reason we stopped riding the high wheel bikes is because they they were they were dangerous. They're, they're very hard to stop. Um, you sit so high you can't put your foot down. You have to actually climb off it if you're going to stop. Um, so I was surprised to see people who actually went out and bought these bikes to ride them around. And they're riding them around on the road, um, and they love them. And I just got an email not too. Not, uh, well, just a couple of days ago from a company in Colorado that's making the bikes. So I wouldn't recommend you go out and buy one of these bikes because they, um, they don't have really powerful brakes and they're, they take some skill to get on and off them. Um, but I don't think that's going to be a big trend anytime soon. Um, but, you know, there's a huge trend in, in city bikes. Um, and then there are some innovations that have, are coming out that we're going to see. You may have already seen things like belt drives that uh, prevent or limit the maintenance you have to do on a bike. You know, one of the big disabilities or disadvantages of the chain drive is that you have to lubricate it, and then it can get greasy, and, of course, the grease transfers to your hands if you get a flat tire or if you uh, brush your pants against them. Um, and so they're starting to improve that and come up with a, a, a belt drive, which is a carbon fiber um, plasticized nylon belt. So no maintenance is required. You can actually hose it off with soap and water just like you wash your car. <laughs> so I, I like, I'm very uh, encouraged by all the different companies that are getting into uh, city bikes and commuting bikes and county bikes that make it, make it easier to get around, you know. Gas prices now, of course, have dropped a lot lower than they were just a few months ago. Um, so that'll bring out a lot of the SUVs again, uh, which we were seeing kind of get parked. It's <laughs> been a little easier riding around here. I live in a small coastal town. We figure the car, the 
ride your bike around. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to see a lot more city bikes, improved drivetrains, um, tires that are more flat resistant, things like that that just make it more practical to ride a bicycle. We're already seeing a lot of that stuff on the bikes out there. You can look at bikes like from companies like Electra and Breezer and uh, the folding bikes from DeHaan. Um, there's just so many opportunities to find fun bikes just to get around on that uh, get you out of your car. And I think it's great. It's great for our cities. It's great for, for us. It's a fun way to get around, stay healthy. Yeah. So I think that's what we should look forward to. And we're just going to see more of that right now. So, Jim, uh, you want to just uh, tell us where we can find you online and, and where else, you know, how else we can go ahead with uh, bike history knowledge? Well, sure. There's there's all kinds of, um, I mean, if you were, it, it, the bike history, there's such a broad spe- spectrum going back to like 1865. And there's people that are really into balloon tire bikes, which were like from 1930 to 1965. And there's a lot of people that are into the lightweight road bikes from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So each each uh, area of time, there are like different groups of people that are really into it. Um, my personal website, which covers all kinds of things from bicycle repair to bicycle history to getting into cycling, I help a lot of uh New cyclists. I've been I've been online uh, for almost ten years now, so um, I help a lot of people who send email questions because they're getting into cycling or they have questions. But I also have this passion for bike history, so I have a lot on there. Like I have a huge head badge collection on there, which is uh, a lot of other collectors like things like that. Um, but my website is just my name, so it's uh, www.jimlangley.net, and. Uh, it's L-A-N-G-L-E-Y. Um, but I also have a, a blog along with that that I update frequently, and that's just uh, jimlangley.blogspot.com. And uh, but there's a lot of other websites. Uh, like if you're into the high-wheel bikes, you'd want to go to uh, thewheelman.org, which is there's a lot of great information on there. And, it's actually a club, so you sign up and become a member. But there's a lot of fun stuff on there, on their website, that you can check out. It's totally free. It's wonderful pictures going back to the uh, 1880s. You can see the, the clothing we wore and the roads we ride on. And um, it's pretty inspirational to see that it was so passionate, so much fun back then. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like the lightweight road stuff from the 40s through the 70s, a really wonderful site is uh, classicrendezvous.com. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff on there from those uh, eras. And then if you're in balloon, into balloon tire bikes, like Pee Wee Herman bikes, you know, with the tanks and the fenders and the horn and everything, mm-hmm. uh, a good site is uh, the, the cave. It's just the word the and then C-A-D-E, which is Classic Antique Bicycle Exchange. That's what it is. And that's dot com thecave.com I haven't visited that site in a while but that used to be a good one I hope it's still there um, so those are a couple leads that should help people out um, I'm pretty easy to email there's an email link to me on my site and my blog and I'm happy to answer questions you know talk to people if they're interested in old bikes or have questions with their new bikes um, uh, or just shopping for a bike I'm happy to help anybody out well thank you Jim so much Oh, it's nice talking to you. All right, and uh, 
so listen listen to our show. Okay, um, I'll try to do that. Um, <laughs> it, it, can it go? Uh, is it on? Can I like pick it on my iPod or? Um... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start podcasting it. So I'll let you know. Okay, well, okay, I'll try to check it out tomorrow. I won't be here during the time that the show's open, but maybe I can click on the link app when I get home and listen to it. Okay, great. Um, so I'll keep in touch, and maybe you can come on again. Okay, if you're happy to do that. Thanks okay. for calling me up. Cool, thanks, Jim. Okay, All right. bye. Bye, have a good day.